Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to crank up the volume, tease your hair to new heights, and rock out like it's the 1980s? We're diving into the glitz, the glam, and the power chords of hair metal on this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll. All right, let's address the elephant in the room. Hair metal often gets a bad rap, dismissed as nothing more than cheesy anthems and the -the over-the-top fashion. But hold on as tight as a pair of spandex pants, because we're giving hair metal the respect it deserves. Sure, the hair was big, the outfits were outrageous, and the makeup was, well, a lot. But beneath the spandex-clad exterior, there's a really seriously talented musicians who created infectious tunes that still make us pump our fists and sing along. Believe it or not, hair metal had its roots in the rock and roll of the 1950s. Just like those pioneers, the music was about relationships, having a good time, and a healthy dose of rebellion. Think about it. The lyrics were filled with tales of wild nights and broken hearts and the pursuit of freedom. It was rock and roll escapism at its finest. But hair metal wasn't just about the music. It was a cultural phenomenon that defined an era. It brought us together, created a sense of community, and became a soundtrack for countless memories. Whether you were headbanging at a concert or blasting your favorite cassette in your beat-up car, hair metal had a way of making you feel alive. So join us as we pay homage to the bands that rock the stadiums and the arenas. We're celebrating the songs that still get our hearts pumping, and we'll prove that hair metal wasn't just guilty pleasure. It was a goddamn good time that deserves respect. It's time to crank up the volume and embrace the power of the riff, the power of the party, and the power of rock and roll. Hair metal, we salute you. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 64. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm so happy to get to introduce you to my very good friend and my co-host, Mr. Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks and McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia, and we're proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. What's going on, brother? Not a whole lot, man. You know, life shit. Get you down. I uh, broke a couple toes in my foot. So I'm chillaxing for the next couple weeks. That's it's rough, really, man. When you got to run and being a bartender with broken tootsies is not a, it can't be a good combination. You don't sit on your ass all day like I do buying a desk. No, you know, it's, it's unreal. It's like my foot was broken for a week before I could even go to the emergency room because the 76ers were in the middle of doing their run for the championship. So I had to do all that work. 
And on top of that, I had a gig with a band that was very important to me. And I was just like, holy shit, I got to get this in before I can go to the emergency room. Right. So the gig, the gig came, it went, it was awesome. And then the Sixers got eliminated. I said, okay, now I can go to the emergency room. Let me, oh. you know. I'd imagine my- playing playing drums on a broken foot's probably pretty rough too. Dude, it was it was I don't know. It was it was rough. It was a jazz gig. So it wasn't as much as it would be if it was a rock and roll gig. Gotcha. Uh, it could always be worse, man. Well, I'm glad you got to look that dude and you know take some time. Just try to stay yeah. off of it as much as you can and it take there's nothing like breaking a bone like you know it's broken like i walked around for like a week saying yo my foot is or something on my foot is broken and because there's nothing that feels like that man yeah like, yeah it's like a, it's a different type of pain than anything yeah. i've uh i've broken all kinds of shit playing sports over the, you know my my nose and broke some ribs and my couple fingers toe i all kind every i have a fracture of my i had a fracture of my back i just all over the place so good times man getting old's great but. Yeah, so now I'm just chilling for the next couple of days with ice on my foot, and I said I am most so punk rock that I am ready to do this show tonight. Not not that we're gonna we're punk rock doing the show, but that I'm still ready to do the show even still, though I'm hurt. Still going, man. I appreciate it. That's the dedication that we bring to the table all the time i'm excited to do this I, this is our third episode we've done on hair metal stuff and i don't care well, <laughs> I, don't dude, give a it's, shit. I don't care i think people enjoy talking about it i think it's a it's more of a guilty pleasure for everybody but yo man there are so many people at that what was the monsters the rock concert with motley crew poison you know it was so big you know and it, the there it still has this huge respect thing about it but you know in society it's it's still looked upon as like oh it was the 80s look what they were wearing okay look what they were wearing but look what they were playing though also man yeah and i yeah yeah that shit's not easy a lot of their songs yeah dude and i know we've we talked about doing this where I was thinking like, all right, well, this is the third show we've done on hair metal, but do we have, we said everything we need to say the first time we talked about just our favorite bands. And then we did one on like the power ballads. And now we're really just like, you know what, dude, like this is just really good rock and roll. And it gets laughed at as a joke because of the outfits and all the other shit. But some of this stuff, man, is just, it just kicks ass. You know, I, I think, I'm not sure what our title is of the show is going to be, but I said, what was my idea? Hair metal saved rock and roll. Yeah. When hair metal saved rock and roll. I love it. It's it. They kept rock and roll alive during when the eighties, like, like a new wave culture was coming through and, you know, real rock and roll was dying off. There wasn't, you know, Zeppelin wasn't around anymore or none of these bands were like doing their thing. So like, you know, you had these new bands. Like I think one of the first bands to come out, if it, if there was like a hair band kind of situation was Van Halen. They're one of those bands that like, are they a hair band? Aren't they? Yeah, they maybe they you could make the argument. I think they're too good to be considered a hair band, but I don't know. There was pretty they're a pretty big hair. David Lee Roth 
You yeah. Know, you don't get more of a hairband image than he had. And it's probably shitty for me to say somebody like if we're going to talk about and make the argument that hair metal is great rock and roll, I probably shouldn't be like, oh, well, they're too good to be a hairband. You know what but I mean? They I'm are kinda... too good. I'm not saying that Van Halen is a hairband. They're in a, a category of which that bleeds into hairbands of, of where they, they come from, of what music style that they are. Yeah. It, you know, they fit closer to hairband than closer to, I don't know, cream. Right, that classic bluesy rock and roll. Yeah, I get it, man. Like that, I don't like that classic rock kind of sound that yeah. comes that was 10, 15, 20 years before this. Yeah, I you actually you do have Van Halen on the playlist too. Yeah, dude. Little, Let, Ed, let's, little Eddie Van Halen. There you go, man. Mean Street. Let's fire it up. Start playing some tunes. I don't know, man. That's like that's groovy to me. That's more groovy than hair metal, but I get it. I understand why they're on the list. Yeah, those guys definitely had hairspray. That's all I'm saying. But what makes them way better than it's a cardinal sin, maybe that we're calling Van Halen a hairband at the moment. But if anything, it gives me opportunity to talk about Eddie Van Halen. Of course, Eddie is what separates what. They're not a hair band. I mean, shit. Some of these bands that we're going to talk about have amazing guitar players that play for them, right? Like, yeah, we're going to get the Guns N' Roses, you know, Slash and CC DeVille and, you know, the guys in Motley Crue. Like, they're they're all having a kick-ass guitar player and those big soaring solos is part of that sound. And, of course, Eddie Van Halen is, you know, arguably the greatest guitar player of all time. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to pick that song because of the intro. I think big, huge intros is a big part of what hair metal is, like a giant introduction. And I said it in the monologue, like as when you were we were kicking around back and forth, what do we call this and all this other kind of stuff? And you said, let's call it when it said rock and roll. And I started thinking about it like, man, what separates this stuff from like what comes after it, like grunge is... This music is just about having a good time, man. It's just party rock and roll. And I was like, wait, man, like, holy crap. But the, the music in the 50s was about relationships and partying. And it didn't, you know, before it got all like serious in the 60s and political and everything, I was like, holy shit, hair metal and like uh, Chantilly Lace or something like the content's kind of the same thing. I love the way you're thinking, man. That's it. was all fun. And that's why I loved what about it was. It was a total drag when the party was over, you know, when grunge came in. I was like, holy shit, the party's over. And now everything's so coffee shop and serious. I love grunge music. I love the stuff of the 90s. But also, you're right, man. It was a everybody got so goddamn serious with music and everyone had to. Yeah, it just it changed it. It just changed the whole atmosphere of it. But I guess music, too, man, there's every. 
everything's got to change. Right. It's a big pendulum, right? It goes from being fun to being serious to political to back to fun, or you've got the, yeah, the shorts, the short, uh, short songs. And then you get into like, you know, yes. And the prog stuff. And then it swings back to punk. It evolves and it's, it's always moving. Dude, let's play another song. Yeah, dude, you got so many good ones on this list as we're going through. What do you want to hear, man? This is you put together this list. You you call. Yeah, it I was just thinking, um, I think one of the best hair bands there was was Poison. Absolutely, dude. So we did our top six hair bands. They were my pick for the greatest hair band of all time. And you got nothing but a good time on here. So here you go. I was rocking out to this this morning, driving to work. Nice. I had my windows down. I had to go in the office today. I was pulling in my into the parking lot of the office and people were walking into the building and I got my big ass 2500 pickup truck was cranking the shit out of this. That's great. Love oh, it, man. awesome, dude. There's so much fun. If you can't have a good time with that, dude, then I don't think I could be friends with you. You're 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 think, you know, I don't know, man. It just rocks. That band rocks. They, they never, ever got respect through the music industry at all. All you know, they're all I mean, Ricky Rocket, man, he's a one hell of a drummer. He's one of the guys that I learned how to play the drums by watching MTV. He can fucking play. CC the Bill, you know, he's just he's awesome, right? Oh, he's he's a he's a little maniac too. His 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 personality is like his playing. You know, yeah, I, w- I would bad, love bad, to hang crazy. out with him. I would love to hang out with him and just whatever. Yeah, dude, Brett Michaels is on tour this summer. Like he's calling it the Party Grawl tour. I'm away both when he's in. Town, I don't know but... if I do that. Mark McGrath's on that shit. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. There's like some kind of identity problem on that tour because I I like to go see Brett Michaels. How how much can it be? You know? Yeah. It was Live Nation just had this week. It was like the twenty five dollar tickets for everything, and I I looked through the whole list for anything that I was interested in, but. It was I'm away so much this summer that I we didn't get tickets for anything, but I'm going to so many concerts this summer. Are you? Oh, yeah. I can't wait, man. I'm glad this breaking my fucking foot now happened and not in the middle of all my shows. Right. Like that time we went to Dropkick Murphy's and my back was all I had a herniated disc in my back and I was oh my like, God, propped I up against the that. wall. I eventually just had to leave. I couldn't stand up. Yeah, dude. That was infamous when they gave me the wrong shot. <laughs> gave you the and, shot of Jack Daniels. Yeah, and I thought it was Jameson, and it just it was like you said it came out of your eyes. Uh, <laughs> when you prepare for one thing and get something else, man, <laughs> especially right. in liquor. Yeah, two, right. Two different kind of fucking whiskeys. Right. Jameson and get you and, and uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, but these guys. Oh, I mean, poison. You know, nobody partied like they did, man. They were like infamous for backstage partying. 
you know, like they would they would have like um legendary like twister games set up and like wrestling mud pools and and like just you know crazy sex games backstage sex drugs and rock and roll poison was that man that's what a lot of these a lot of these bands are just sex drugs and rock and roll but but they they kept it alive though man you know because like what was what else was going on at the, at this time yeah you, you had the cure out you had um it, you know like simply red you had the oh, cool, right all that yacht rock yeah shit. Oh, like duran duran you know you had like all, right. all, all this bogus music and here's something that's really rock and roll like bringing right. rock and roll back in to mainstream I thought poison was a big part of that. Sure. And a lot of this music too, like the guitar is front and center, right? And pop music, the synth was all over the place in the eighties when this shit was going all like, I don't know, man, Phil Collins and all that other kind of crap. Phil Collins Uh, ruined rock and roll. uh, We should do an episode on that. Oh, dude, if we do that whole does blank suck series, (laughs) he needs to, he needs to be one of them. We could do little, Little like half hour shows. Oh, that would be awesome. If we do him. No. All right. What else you want to hear on here? Dude, let's talk about one in like the original, like another original hair banish kind of thing. How about the band Rat? They were one of the original Sunset Strip hair band kind of thing. They were, yeah. they were another band that was just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, they've had like that whole resurgence after being in that commercial recently. Yeah. There's but. like there's like four versions of the band out there. I'm oh really? I'm exaggerating. There's actually two ba- there's two different touring bands. One with Stephen Piercy, that's the lead singer, and like a, the other bands, like the other guys from the band with the, another singer. But, it's yeah. almost like what we were talking about in the doo-wop episode about like 30 different versions of the drifters touring because all the guys splitting off and doing their own thing. There's it's not too much from that, you know. Maybe we'll get into it later, much what happened in the hair metal, you know. Sure. But uh play I think I don't think there's any other song that they're known for is more than round and round. Absolutely. Here you go. I'm smiling as we're listening to it because all these bands were like you said, the embodiment of sex, drugs and rock and roll. But their songs are about like, I love you and broken hearts. And it's just cool. I love it. I think you're totally on the right trail of what we're talking about, of how all these songs are about love and stuff, fun stuff close to what the 50s was like. It was all fun, man. That's what it was like. 
this whole scene, everything about, I was so glad that I grew up before the generation of grunge came in. All of our friends, grunge is what they first put attention to. Because we had MTV so young, I was watching all this hairband shit going on before everybody even knew about music. So when the grunge era came on, I, I was like, holy shit, this is all my favorite bands are going away because it's grunge. And I'm so young already, you know, like I couldn't get into Nirvana. I, I always talk about it because they were no fun. Yeah. I, how many shows have we done that we've talked about music that we, that was so important to us and that MTV, MTV was like how we got introduced to it. Yeah. You know, so many of the shit that we're, I was listening to on the playlist was like, Oh, I remember that video. I remember that video, man. Like being off on during the summer and school year, like, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd get up in the morning. I would get my bowl of cereal and I'd sit on the couch and put MTV on before I course, started my day. Of course. And obvious every Saturday night at midnight was headbangers ball. Right. You, you know, and it's, I remember, you know, uh, begging my parents to let me stay up late to watch headbangers ball. Cause it was on midnight to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I, I bet we, we would, uh, when there was BCRs, we would, we would tape it and we'd watch it the next day and shit. And, the uh the MTV phenomenon too, like uh like on Saturday nights in the you know in the summer we sit outside my backyard and I have like a you know a bar shed and we put the TV so we can sit up by the fire pit and we put it on and we wind up like last Saturday my wife and I were sitting outside and we just put it on a playlist of hair metal bands we're sitting out having a couple beers great fire and all this stuff is and i don't know how many times i i don't know how many times i've watched the damn yankees high enough video in my backyard and i still that video love it. is so killer it's awesome man with ted nugent yeah dude. with the the duster and uh dude just but, just i have it on the list play it right now but just get to the guitar solo all right hang on i just want to hear his guitar solo Dude, it's killer. It's it's, it. it's fucking killer. That solo is I hear it in the fucking supermarket and I'm like, Ted Nugent's Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted is out of his mind, but he that solo is fucking awesome. Uh he's got those stupid wraparound sunglasses. I have a pair of those stupid wraparound sunglasses. Oh, my, the my macho man. My, yeah, my daughter bought me a pair of them. But <laughs> specifically for this video. Um, yeah, dude, he has it's like, awesome. He has like the duster on. Right. The cops are all shooting at him. He's standing in the doorway playing it's guitar. Like, uh, such a great moment. And for Uncle Ted is the man. I, I you know, I, I don't think much more of Damn Yankees besides that song. You know, but, you know, 
they were a super group. There was the guy from Sticks, the guy from yep. the Ranger, Ted Nugent. Yep. And I forget who the, the drummer was. I don't think he was yeah. anybody. I, I had that album on cassette tape. But I had to hear Uncle Ted's guitar solo. Absolutely. And the videos, too, man, like uh, we opened with I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister. Yes. That video is so good. When they're at the school. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're scaring everybody and the, the principal's trying to get them and like blow them up. And it, dude, it's so good. You know, that's the same school that they filmed Grease at. Is it really? It is. That's funny. I I love that. That again was sitting in my backyard. That's one that's I love the all twisted sister shit, you know? Like that Stay Hungry album was huge to me. And you know, obviously we talk about how important D Snyder is to rock and roll with how he went through Congress and shut them down hardcore. In fact, in their own place, he shut them down. Yeah, that's that's been on our topic list for a while to talk about the PMRC and him really sticking it to Congress when all that crackdown on lyrics and content and whatever was scared to death that rock and roll is making you kill yourself. I'm like, oh, what a great story and shows up and fucking torn off T-shirt and, and rock and roll and and his vocabulary is huge. And he sat down and he fucking schooled the shit out of them. It was awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah we that's a story we we will tell at some point on the show before before all is said and done. Really like the uh he's one of the one of the thinking men of rock and roll. And it's just cool because I have people I don't know how many people still listen to and appreciate them. I don't know. Yeah, they're like they're like, oh, they're the guys, you know, they they were wearing the drag and do I don't know, man. I don't know if they're just looked at as a gimmick or like a serious band, but really, if you're into this stuff, dude, take a couple minutes, go fire some Twisted Sister up and dive into their catalog. They wrote a lot of really, they did a lot of really good music. And they have a great documentary out that's like it floats around on uh, Netflix and Amazon or like We Are Fucking Twisted Sister, it's called. And it's their whole story. If anybody worked hard in rock and roll, it was those dudes. Hmm. Those dudes been through it all. Yeah, great. That's awesome. I I follow him on Twitter, D. Snyder. He's a pretty. I mean, he's real political. And, uh, you know, it's is a, he like Uncle Ted? No, no. He's the he's the other side of it. Okay. Like like um. But he's and it's interesting. People will be like you know calling him a has been and he'll just he'll mix it up with people and he's like dude i'm you know people say like why don't you still go on the road he's like i'm in my 60s man i'm not the the leather pants don't fit anymore he he said he retired you know he was a he was a disc jockey in philadelphia for a good two years yeah i remember that i wish i i I got the opportunity to meet him that'd be that would have been cool yeah really cool man i yeah i think very highly of him he's like i don't know man he's almost like that and then Henry Rollins bucket of just, he just could a smart dude in music. do a spoken word thing. He could totally do a spoken word thing. D Snyder. He would be interesting too. I'm sure he's got some stories. All right. What else can we play on here, man? Let's play something from Philadelphia. Yes. It's, do you remember the band Cinderella? Yes. Now they were a fucking that first album, they were a hair band. I don't care what anybody says. They they progressed into something else, into a rock and roll band like the rest of these guys were. But 
just they were pretty much a hair band, Cinderella. Let's give them a, a listen. All right. I remember growing up in Philadelphia and Cinderella had a, a buzz before they were on MTV. And it was like, like, oh, my God, like these guys are from where I'm from and they're on MTV. They were they, they, like Tom Kiefer is a hell of a singer. We talk about him on the show a bunch of times. Yeah. Saying that the music store we used to work in, he used to come into the into the music store all the time and would always <laughs> rearrange the record section, the albums. It would put Cinderella in the front of the rack. See, but there, the thing like with Cinderella was okay, the, that first album that came out was it was total glam look kind of thing. Even the sound is more poison than it is blues, which they became this like rock and roll blues band kind of thing um but i think that's what like goes with the times rock and like this this kind of music progressed into other things and i think someone else who did that was ozzy osbourne you know ozzy went in every form of rock and roll and he had his minute in in hair bands yeah in in the in the era you know and that's when he was really getting crucified by um Jimmy Swagger. Yeah. Jimmy That's a great cho- great choice of words too to say he's being crucified. Oh, dude, he was Jimmy Swagger was fucking killing him, like trying to shut him down and everything. And then we all know we all knows what happened to Jimmy Swagger. Right. But um this song that I picked, Ozzy wrote, is called Miracle Man. And this was his like like fuck you back to him after he got busted. And this is like one of the first songs that Zach Wilde ever played on. Here, let me play it. That's what Ozzy was doing during the hair band scene. That was off of No Rest for the Wicked. Right before that album came out, Ozzy was wearing all the spandex and shit like that. This was when he was just coming out by himself now, just wearing black and uh, bringing Sack Wild and the band made him more serious. So he stopped dressing like a fucking idiot all the time like he did in the 80s. You yeah. Know? Yeah, but Ozzy's got the hair, the bleach blonde hair. He looks pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, but like, you know, Ozzy's definitely had his moment in the hairband. And, you know, he's bigger than that. He's metal. But I'm just saying how in time, every band had a moment in 
the hair metal. Like you know, even Ozzy had his moment there. Yeah. You Circling know? back to Cinderella too, they're a band that doing this show has helped me change my completely change my opinion. I, I never listened to them when we were younger, when they were out. And I always thought it was kind of a joke that he would come into the music store because he worked in like a, a store above where Sam Goody was like, you know, the top floor of the mall. And I always thought he was just kind of like kind of pathetic. No. And dude. I just and then go back and listen to the music, dude. I can definitely I can hear the bluesiness in it. Oh, and- dude, they're fucking off. Sorry, we didn't talk about them long enough. I, I just that. Well, we did I try to yeah, keep the this last show rolling. We, yeah. Now, the um, last episode we did, you talked about them a lot. And uh, and uh, I, I have total admire by him. I listened to a, a lot of his songs guilty pleasure he has a great song called coming home that's a great song and let's not forget he wrote that don't know what you got till it's gone that huge you know that song is fucking huge you know and what's more i can't even listen to that song because it's so fucking true we talked about his story the last show we did about the hair uh, the power ballads just uh go back and listen to that the whole story about him and his health and how he's still you know, how he rehabbed and everything else. I I have a totally different respect for him. I, I dude, I I love Cinderella growing up. I loved them, especially because they were from Philly and they put great records out. I seen them a bunch of time as a kid. Yeah, and then circling back to Ozzy, you were talking about. I yeah, that that era Ozzy's not my favorite. I think that this album, No Rest for the Wicked, was coming out of the glam hair teased error and like right after this album is when uh he did no more tears which totally changed his whole career that was the album that i got real i mean i had blizzard of oz you know i had all his albums on cassette tape i just uh i don't know man it, it didn't do a whole lot for me the the no more tears the one with perry mason on it that came That's out a good one. like yeah those, those osmosis, osmosis those albums real i really liked i love ozzy i mean i don't want them out there anymore because I'm still going to go see him, but it's like, uh, like, right. It's, it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. I don't want him to tour anymore. Just don't do it anymore. All right. What else? Dude, so much you, good stuff on here. You know who I loved? I don't know if you're ready to talk about them yet, though. But I think there's going to be a moment here. I love Warren. I love the sure, band. man. Yeah, I, I love the band Warren growing up. Dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich, and uh, cherry pie. Those two albums are so like important to me. And you put Uncle Tom's Cabin on here. I think we've talked about this song before. I I tend to like songs that tell stories. I just find that kind of stuff interesting. And this for them was so different than you know I saw Red or Cherry Pie. Well, that's why I put this song on there because I I want to show how great of a songwriter he really was. Play it up. Just follow the regulars and get the story straight. Uncle Tom officially was getting pretty late. Out on the side was them above the mission way. Where they say you got no bottoms and they take you down a hill. Dude, there's there's a banjo on there. You got acoustic guitar. There's a harmonica. There's a lot going on in that song musically. There are no joke. I mean, I know we we've talked about how like Cici Deville had to come and play on 
some the songs on uh, the Cherry Pie album. Janie Lane was a serious fucking songwriter. I think about him a lot. I I, I think about how how rock and roll and music chewed him out and spit him out. It killed him. It like rock and roll, the music industry, like I said, like chewed him up and spit him out. And they were done with him. I know they came out with that what the doggy dog album. They had a couple which is not bad, which is yeah. pretty good. But they, like how he destroyed himself at the like for him to uh, destroy himself, then he ultimately died. It pretty much drank himself to death. It was very sad. Like he, they found him in a hotel in Hollywood, I believe, and in his pocket, there was only a thing in his pocket. It says, "My name is Janie Lane." It's really sad. He just he couldn't escape the like the image that was made for he him. Couldn't, he you know, couldn't he was, help not. He, he wanted to be famous his whole the, for the rest of his life. He was very sore about Cherry Pie, be, like the song Cherry Pie. He wanted to call the band. He wanted to call Cherry Pie album. He wanted to call it Uncle Tom's Cabin. And then he became the Cherry Pie guy. Yeah. For the rest of his career, and he, oh shit, he was forty-seven when he died. He was my age when he when he drank himself to death. But dude, he drew. He wrote that song, Heaven. How great is that song? He wrote, Sometimes she cries. That's a great fucking song. I don't know. I I, I listen to a bunch of Warrant in my guilty pleasure shit, and I I just think about the poor guy all the time because if he just got his shit together and had patience for the circle to come around. Like it is now, like the hair metal seems back more than than it's it's gonna be. They'd be out there fucking playing along with with all these bands now. You know, it's a shame. Poor Janie Lane. I I'm lucky. I saw I saw them, man. They were fucking awesome. I haven't listened to this album in a long time, but it was again something else I had on cassette tape, and I used to listen to very regularly. Now I pretty much I just cherry pick the cherry pick yeah, I cherry yeah, pick yeah. the i cherry pick the hits you know but uncle tom's cabin is a song it's probably my favorite song by them and i i still listen to it yeah that whole album is rocking that train train on out yeah. album is fucking great and this if you want to listen to a rocking album and you feel like being cheesed out a little bit listen to cherry pie by warrant absolutely you know one of my favorite Hair, like you could definitely put them into the hair bands, the section. But they're another band that came a long way as hair band shit turned into more of a heavy thing, and that was Skid Row. Yeah, I know you think. I know you like them a lot. Yeah, like you know that first album was like John Bon Jovi's Frankenstein. You know, that that album was so successful. But, you know, as they got to do their next album, they really showed what Skid Row was about. And it, I remember buying this album and going home and putting it in the cassette player. And just it was sounded so different than what the first album was. I was like, what the hell is this? I loved it. It was but it was like heavier. It was so heavy, dude. Play, play what, place what I got on there. Slave to the grind. Slave to the grind. I got a bunch of that leads to blood. 
dude, that intro, that intro is fucking the bomb. It's heavy. I got to go back and listen to that album again. I haven't listened to that. It's great. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on, on, on that record. But the first, the first record will always be my favorite. I just pulled that up as it was playing. That came out in 91. So that's the same year that all that, you know, grunge, never mind at 10 and blood sugar, sex, magic, and all that amazing shit comes out at the same time. This, it debuted at number one. I remember it was huge, but like they made room for bands like Pantera. You know, uh, to, yeah, yeah for, you totally, know. totally. I was thinking as we're hearing that, I'm like, it sounded a little like anthrax, like the guitar work a little bit. It was like more heavy metal than but hair metal it was more metal than i remember you it was definitely more heavy metal than hair metal and that first album had some more hair metal kind of stuff on it like i remember you or 18 in life but you know still like, good stuff dude, you'll never see them together with sebastian bach ever again like there's not enough money in the world for those guys to get back together with sebastian bach that dude is the clown of the clowns You've mentioned that several times. I don't know enough about him other uh, than I've seen him on like. You want to talk about someone who ruined their career? He ruined his own career. He's such a fucking. Oh, uh, just from being just a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Just huh. him thinking that he's the shit like he has this huge ego. I heard his book was good. You know, he wrote a He wrote a book and I wanted to read it. I was a big Skid Row fan growing up. But as I grew up now and I'm saying, I was like, wow, he's really annoying. And, you know, he says a lot of, <laughs> dumb, he says a lot of dumb shit, you know, but, you know, he's a great Skid Row singer. He was always any of those like behind the music kind of things or VH1 documentaries about music from that era. He was always around. Like he was always on the show. He always had an opinion. You know, also was like that. I mean, maybe we were keep on moving on the show. Uh, was the guy from Quiet Riot, Kevin the Bro. <laughs> yeah he was a fucking his mouth he you don't talk about someone who ruined his own career he came out talking like a wrestler like i'm better than you like fuck they had like an ongoing feud on stage with van halen all the time and shit and he was saying like how all these bands had it easy because it took him he made the road that all these bands came in that you know he he dug the ditch that everybody used right yeah you know, and he's like yo fuck you motherfuckers i did this now i'm right but he, he's they they have a great documentary out about trying to get quiet riot back together after kevin the bro died it, it's for, it was pretty good i don't know how many people know that like randy Rhodes used to be in quiet riot sure before he left and started playing with Ozzy. But. I think that's what kind of ruined. I, how can I don't know. That must have been heartbreaking for those guys. But how can you? They said we couldn't hold them back. It was like unbelievable. They when I, when I read about it. But they when Randy Rhodes left. When Randy Rhodes quit Quiet Riot to go with you, Ozzy. They were like, you have to do it. You have to do it. You, you can't stay with us. You have to go. But uh, let's, yeah. let's play their anthem. They didn't write this song. Yeah, 
I'm just reading about how many different versions of this band was on the road and all that other crazy shit. It's a, they held on too long. I remember when I first discovered that song, I found the cassette tape in like at the five and dime in my neighborhood. I'll never forget it. When I bought this record, it was like the $2. It was like in a $2 bin. Yeah. Cut out section when the, they would cut the notches out of the CDs and sell them at a clearance. Yeah. This was like cassette tape, like in a, in a, like, like in a five and dime, you know, like yeah. a, man. One of those like, yeah, cool. I'll, yeah, whatever, man. I'll buy it. Sure. Check it out. It was right. I don't know. That, I don't know a whole. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of their music. I mean, that like that song "Bang Your Head" is a great fucking song. It, it's it will ever it will live always in Footloose. They they were a great band, you know. They they should have just faded away though after Kevin LeBrow died, whatever his how his last name was. But you know, he but he just he talked a lot of smack on the industry, and they just flushed him down the toilet like you do everybody else. Yeah, uh, playing that out, playing. Hearing that song always makes me think of playing old uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That was always one of the songs they would play in the they'd play on the radio station when you were driving around in the cars. And it just always makes me think of that. Dude, I think this is a good time to take a break. I think you're right, man. Why don't we do that? Yeah, we'll come back. We got a couple groups we can still talk of. And, uh, you know, we got some music news, second thoughts and all that other good stuff. Hey, Bruce. Yes, sir. Stick around. We'll be back. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox at McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. 
Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. You know, the fashion of the hair metal era may have gone out of style, but the style of rocking a pair of bullfoot socks is timeless. We're proud to have them on board with us and the rest of the Pantheon podcast family because they're just good people who make a great product. Their motto is grown here, sewn here, because every single pair is made in America with products from America. And as a veteran-owned business, they donate 5% of their proceeds to veteran charities. We're thrilled to have them as a sponsor, and they would be thrilled to have you as a customer. So when you're done listening to this episode, go check them out at boldfoot.com. All right. Thanks so much for sticking with us, man. We got a couple bands we haven't talked about yet. Who do you want to talk about first? You know, we remember how long ago was our Zeppelin episode? I was just talking about it the other day. Yeah, it was a couple months. Well, and it our episode was about how Zeppelin ripped off all these blues guys and shit like that. So I think let's do a band that just totally ripped Led Zeppelin off. <laughs> like what happened to them, you know? And I think a total rip off of Led Zeppelin was White Snake. Like White Snake. Okay. I think White Snake was like uh was like made to sound like Led Zeppelin. You know, like fuck that here we go again song. Like, you know, fuck that song. I'm not talking about that song. Play right, play everything else. Play it uh, in the still of the night. All right, here you go. I have uh, Wikipedia up David Coverdale's page as we're listening to this. And I just went down to the section about the album he did with uh, Jimmy Page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which it's I like. Bad. I like a lot. Yeah, it's not bad but at all. Robert Plant called him David Cover version. He said David Coverdale. He is. The, I remember when they came out. Well, 
they're out for a couple of years and everybody just talking about how he's just like how they want to be Zeppelin, you know, but, you know, I, I think David Coverdale's a, a awesome singer. You know, I, I, you know, I think he's one of the great voices of rock and roll. He's just cheesy and not fit in anywhere. I like them a lot. I've seen them a couple times, but I get the comparison. But they're they're definitely a wannabe, a Zeppelin kind of vibe. Some of the songs. All right. What else? Dude, you know, you can't talk about. I don't think we do enough, but we talk about a lot of it. And it's about Motley Crue. They were one of the biggest hair bands ever. You know, sure, sure. Absolutely, dude. Like. Nobody had nobody had bigger hair. Nobody had like more makeup than they did, you know, and their their gimmick was fucking awesome when they first came out. Like, yeah, you know, they were so uh, the mayhem that they uh, produced. It just it was is fearful. It was not fearful, but holy shit. Maybe it was a little bit, you know. Sure. No, dude. They, I think they scared the hell out of everybody. I mean, that was I mean, try know. try being a little kid and watching Shout at the Devil. Actually, right. I, play Shout at the Devil. I'm smiling as that's playing because he is not hitting those notes anymore. Oh, no. He had three backup singers during that tour. But uh, do you remember the video of that? Yeah. How, how like, it, man, it was so gritty and so, like, rock, rock and roll stripped down. And, you know, Mick Morris had blood coming out of the side of his mouth. I was, it was bef- before any memory that I ever had of anything that kissed Motley was the first thing that scared the shit out of me. Totally about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, to the end, to the zillionth degree. You said no, the hair was, nobody's hair was higher. Nobody's pants were tighter. Dude, and they were pure sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They didn't come up with it, but man, did they fucking run with it. Like Poison was like that too, but Poison was more like trying to have fun. These guys were trying to like poison wasn't a, was a bunch of heroin addicts, though. Yeah, right. Like being be put in a band with a bunch of heroin addicts. That's it's probably chaos. I think poison was just more doing a lot of cocaine, you know, a, a ton of cocaine, especially to make those videos. They're always like jumping around and doing cartwheels and fucking. I'm like, how much? Coke did they give poison when to make those videos? Uh, a ton. Yeah. The guys at Motley Crew, we've said a million times, they're they're not nice people. So no, no. If, we like their music, but they're bad dudes. If any if any one of them's a good guy is McMars. Yeah. Yeah, maybe hey, you know what? Maybe the rest of those guys could be shitbag of the week. Yeah, let's give Motley Crew shitbag of the week. <laughs> okay. Shitbag of the week. Dun dun dun. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and fuck Johnny Five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm over all that, all that stuff. Yeah, just give it up already, Nikki Six. And Tommy Lee doesn't even want to do it anymore. They they were on the road for too long. They should have done their reunion tour and then called it a called it a career. Yep. Let's talk about been talking about all these dudes, and we we always get called out for not talking about women. If in the hair band scene, if there was a woman in the hair band scene, it was Lita Ford. One of my favorite hair band performers. She was um, so awesome. If you don't know who Lita Ford is, she was originally in the Runaways with Joan Jett, and she came out with a few songs, and that, that were they were pretty popular. And you know, I think this one was the most popular one again sitting in my backyard with the fire pit this is always 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 in the rotation hit it this comes I love that. She's song. so awesome. I like I like the duet too. she did with Ozzy. Ozzy, yeah. Close my she eyes was... forever. Yeah. And that that's a great song. Is she she didn't think... write that song and she's like, I don't give a shit. It's still a hit. I'm a big fan of her. She still looks good. She's still rocking out. Yeah, I think stuff. I think she was the hottest one in the runaways. Yeah, I agree. You know, she ripped, man. She's a she's a great guitar player. I'd be her drummer any day. And she, again, you know, the song is about, you know, I like dancing with you and you like dancing with me. It's, same, it's about the same stuff, right? It's about the same stuff of relationships and love. It's just from the woman perspective. You know, there was another girl hair band. Remember yes, if they Vixen. were called Vixen? Vixen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got they them were, on here. Yeah, they were pretty heart. good. Play that song. Here you go. No, that they were a gimmick, if anything. Yeah, that song's a little cheesy, but it's all right, man. Girls can still rock. I mean, girls right. can rock. All right. All these songs are a little bit of cheese, so it's okay. Yeah, it's just it, but it was like different to have women with long hair with hairspray in a scene with a bunch of guys, long hair and and hairspray, you know. Man, could you imagine the like like the guys from Poison were way prettier than the, than the girls in Vixen? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, man, just the shit that they had to put up with being in that scene as a woman? Oh, know, I think like, I think all women have a hard time being in the scene. Yeah, I mean, rock and roll is still a very very dude oriented thing, but I mean, this is this is the most macho genre of music. 
this was always in my head. If not, I don't know if they fit into a hairband scene or not. But how about Def Leppard? Yeah, they're again one of those bands that like they're too good to be a hairband. But sure, you know this is. I mean, shit, they're still around, right? They're still selling out but all those where did, I, Like and, I said, I like they fit closer to a hairband scene than they do a blue scene or like something like that. I, you know, like they're, they're not like maybe happy medium of like right off a hairband and like rock and roll. Let's play one of their songs, dude. Yeah, you got photograph on here. Dude, and one thing about those guys, they're so fucking nice when I met them. Yeah, they like were nice I, guys when I met them too. They are they were like the they are like truly some of the good guys in rock and roll. Like and they were I was like in a personal like party with them and shit. And it was like how genuinely nice they were. You know what, man? You asked like are they a hairband or not? And it was like, oh maybe, maybe they're too good. But if I'm if I'm taking my 1980 Corvette out, I would play this playlist and I wouldn't skip that song. You know, it's just why it, would you? Right. It matches what we're talking about. So, yeah, sure. They're a hair band. Definitely. I think. But every band had their moments. Like even Aerosmith was a hair band there for a fucking second, dude. I mean, dude, it, that whole pump album was a hair band album. Even Permanent Vacation fit into like the hair yeah, band situation you know yeah like what's what's more rock and roll ballot than what it takes i dude i love this album i uh this was the first album i ever owned i went back and listened to the whole thing again a couple weeks ago it's just uh it's yeah one of my favorite dude play, yeah mine too play play a little bit of it man so baby what's the story did you find another man Like, he's dude, one of the best. He, he's one of the best front men in music, man. He's absolutely. Awesome. Dude, they're coming. I, I slept through the ticket sales and I had to buy a, a fucking ticket on StubHub real expensive for behind the stage. I'm so disappointed, but I'm going to the show. I can't fucking wait. I love Aerosmith. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I saw Aerosmith a lot. A lot, a lot. Like I've been seeing them since the the Get a Grip tour, but no way. I've seen them on the Pump tour. Either word, the I, Pump tour, or the, I saw them when I was really young. I re, I know that. I've never seen them, and they were one of those bands that my wife and I've always like. It's like the uh, uh, one of the missing pieces of all the bands we've been to, all the concerts we've seen. We're like, man, we've never seen them. We we have to. 
they're like, but it's like, you know, they, they, to, for a fan like me, that's like, I love the ses- the seventies Aerosmith, like yeah, all that too. shit, seventies Aerosmith, like the junkie shit. That's where I love. And they don't play any of that stuff anymore. It's all, everything from like their last, like 20 years of their, of their career or 25 years of their career. You know, but man, I can't wait for that show, brother. I like that. I like that era of Aerosmith too. Like that bar band, dirty bluesy kind of stuff. But. Okay, now I'm ready, finally ready to talk about the king of hair bands. Yes. I'm ready to talk about the guys from Jersey, not too far from where you live, my friend. Yes. From bon a Jovi. place called Saraville, New Jersey. And it's talking about the band Bon Jovi. The second biggest uh, rock and roll act from New Jersey. Holy shit, dude. What bigger band what bigger band there was than Bon Jovi at that time? They were huge. I mean, I mean, I tell I tell how this show all the time of how I grew up loving their music. But like they at that time of the hair band, it was total like learning how to play music and watching their videos and learning how to play rock and roll. And I thought they were a perfect thing, like a perfect rock and roll band. Like they, they have that Jersey sound, man. Like they like play. I put a song. It's not a very well known song, but it's off the, the album called New Jersey and it's called blood on blood. Now I put it on there because don't let, let me get me wrong. I'm not, crashing it but don't tell me that this does not sound like something off born to run or something here you go all right check it out Yeah, dude, I can hear the I can hear the Springsteen influence there. Yeah, totally. But it's like the thing that Bon Jovi songs are like the same thing that Springsteen songs are about. And it's about hope. Right. You know, I I played that song because like John Bon Jovi is a fucking great songwriter. Everybody wants to go living on a prayer when they're alive. But then there's all these other fucking songs that are so fucking great written and nobody even knows about them because it's not living on a prayer or you know well that's why we're doing the show i want i want people to hear this song right on that's why i have a show that's why we do this <laughs> educate and entertain man uh we got a couple artists left that are on here we're coming down the home stretch let's put some fun funny shit like come on now stuff in there you remember the band danger danger yeah, let's play them. <laughs> bang, bang by Danger Danger. Here you go.
Uh, I'm laughing. I know, just, dude. I it, mean, it's like a training montage music from like a, a bad kung fu movie or something. Like best I was best. thinking more of a like an like an eighties movie, like a montage of like you know cars or some shit, or like people on the beach that surfing or you know some. <laughs> that's that's what I got out of that song. Yeah, I get it, man. Dude, I saw. I was looking at. Do you think Wasp is a hair band? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they they are. Blackie Lawless is the man. Yeah, let's play. This is the last commandment. I would. This was also what I was rocking out to driving to work this morning. I think that's kind of hair. The the chorus is a little. Yeah, uh, he's another dude that ruined his own career, his mouth and his fucking attitude. Man, he has a he has a feud with everybody. Blackie does he? Uh, always going back and forth with Gene Simmons. I mean, I don't know why any care anybody cares what Blackie says anywhere. He's not like famous enough to like even talk about in the internet or anything but like blackie's always being mess- mentioned on these websites that i follow like these metal websites and you know he's back on tour now and he looks like shit you know but <laughs> i'll have to look that up man when i i mean when i'm laying in bed staring at my phone and i look up blackly back at blackie lawless and all the people he's fighting with oh yeah he's he, he he has a history of like fucking getting like you know like like verbal arguments like through the media about other bands and shit like that that's funny yeah that's a bad i don't listen to that very much yeah we're getting close towards the end here but uh let's let's talk about uh one more band bruce yeah sure See now everybody wants to say that nirvana changed everything and once to gave it the metal meltdown and everything like you changed hair metal fucking guns and roses i was glad you put them on here they changed they made hair band music look stupid way before nirvana did when appetite for destruction came out and it hit mtv everybody start looking like fucking Guns N' Roses, like that leather Hollywood strip, like nasty, drunk little rock and roller that was like in instead of looking like spandex and all this other shit, like wearing your regular clothes was like a big thing. Slash's book, it says he does a tour and why he's on tour. Welcome the jungle hits on MTV. Instead, he comes back to Hollywood and everybody's dressed like them, like with leather jackets and like jeans and instead of wearing all this glam shit, you know, so they changed hairband shit. And, and I think they, they made 
a lot of bands look stupid. Like, what, what did I put on 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 the uh, the list here? It's so easy. I think this is such a rock and fucking song, and it makes so many bands look stupid. Way before Nirvana even did. I like this song because there's only a couple Guns N' Roses songs where he sings in that lower voice. Yeah. I love yeah, every- the high pitch. I love everything about the song. The bass guitar in the beginning is my favorite. Out of all these bands that we've talked about, too, there's really not many of them that continue to evolve, but they're still around. You know, like Aerosmith is still around, Def Leppard, GNR, Motley, Poison. Yeah, but Guns N' Roses, like, they kept making music after all this shit was dead, right? Like poison oh, yeah. was, when, oh, you know, yeah, when grunge absolutely. came out, poison was done. Poison was done. But yes. Guns N' Roses stayed. Guns N' Roses, they they flamed out, but it was like they burnt themselves own, out. Right. They were their own internal over, shit. They were overloaded for, for a good five years. You couldn't right. get away from them. But it's like they continued though. They broke through like in the early nineties when music changed. They were still around. It's still yeah, kicking ass. They were always still cool. They, right. They weren't corny at all. At all. They were still cool. Like you could be like a punk rocker and still like Guns N' Roses. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. No, you're exactly right, man. It's, it's a great band to end on, too. Let's play a little bit of this song. So got that awesome. little got his voice layered up there, like the high pitch vo- singing voice and the lower one. I just picked that song because it's it's metal and it changed. I think it's one of the songs that changed everything over. Like you start seeing like even like 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 Motley Crue changed the way they look wearing all the motorcycle gear and everything like that. Because Guns N' Roses made it cool to do it, and then Motley ripped it off, kind of thing. Guns N' Roses is one of the, one of the greatest hair bands. If you want to throw them in there, they're bigger than than that, but they are a hair band. Absolutely, and just again, American just rock and roll, right? They're dangerous. They're they scared everybody. They are, oh shit. my god, they're so dangerous. Or, you know, if you ever get bored, look up on YouTube live from the Ritz, Guns N' Roses live from the Ritz in New York City, and it's a live concert, and it's from like 1987, and it's so well done, the production of it, and you could see like how fucking sex, drugs, and rock and roll they really were, man. Hmm. Okay. Awesome, dude. I think that's it for hair metal. Yeah, I think I think, you know, the Aquanet can is still a little full, you know? Yeah, we got some uh, but, stuff but I don't have any hair anymore either to use it on. So 
you know, we've got some songs on the playlist we didn't get to. People can go check out the playlist, and we can, you know, check out all that. So we didn't, we didn't miss any of the big. What did you? The is there something you want to play? Like real fast? No, I'm good. Yeah, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. Let's move on. So yeah. Um. All right, hang on. Uh, second thoughts. We got a whole bunch of second thoughts. Yippee. So first, uh, my mom. Hooray! So, hey, mom. No. My mom texted me and said, yo, I listened to your podcast last night about doo-wop. Great. I'm glad you mentioned one of my favorite groups, the Skyliners. Have you ever listened to any songs by the Five Keys? Listen to You Broke the Only Heart. What a voice. Yeah, play a little bit of it. Play a little bit of it. Here you go. We got switching gears back to doo-wop. beautiful yeah i don't know that song but you're right that is yeah i never that heard that smooth that is some smooth doo-wop yeah, i could see just a slow waltz cool oh well thanks for listening mom thanks mom <laughs> um jimmy hall we've read he's written in a couple times so he wrote us uh he said hey guys it's been a little while since i've been able to write in things have been pretty busy got some random thoughts on your shows john williams None of these movies are as nearly as epic without his scores. His music is every bit as important as the actor's performances. Kid Rock. I love his older stuff, i.e. Devil Without a Cause, but nowadays his politics, or anyone else's on the planet for that matter, is a little too much for me. Doo-wop. Good music is timeless and has no expiration date. And is there any better example of this than doo-wop? I'm sure we can listen to about any of these songs and a specific memory or movie or TV show immediately comes to your mind. Also, you said that quite a few of these groups are integrated in a segregated country. Music really could heal the world if we as human beings would just get our collective heads out of our asses and allow it to. Also, Amen. I, Amen. Also, I, yeah, absolutely. Also, I just read and been rather excited to listen to both of you blow a gasket about Kate Bush getting in the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm right there with you on Kate Bush. Her voice sounds like something out of an animated Disney movie. I can't take her seriously. I just don't understand why her fans have to have the mindset that everyone has to like her. If we all like the same things, this would be a really boring place to live. Still loving what you guys are doing. I never cease to learn something. Wow. Thanks, Thanks for Thanks, great. Brother. That was a great email. Yeah. Email. Thank you so and much. We'll, man. It's great to hear from you, dude. And we'll get to Kate Bush in a minute because I got some more shit from her fans. But I got another email to read. This is from Donald Simmons. He said, hey, guys, I happened on your podcast a few weeks ago, and I got to say I'm a fan with all the crap that's out there now. It's hard to find anything that I agree with anymore. Anyway, I just wanted to say I've heard you name drop Thin Lizzy a few times. They are my favorite band ever. I guarantee you, if you ever run out of stuff to get into and you're not familiar with them, they're just amazing. Just don't start at the beginning of the first three albums. They hadn't found their sound yet, and it's a totally different band in the later years. Anyway, thanks for keeping it up. All right. Man, I, I love Thin Lizzy, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I said I wrote him back and said that that you I'm more of a casual oh, yeah. hits, and I know that you you're more into them. I'm so and, into them. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he he wrote me back again and said, Hey guys, you also may not believe this, but as big as a rock and roll fan I am, 
I've never been a big fan of the Beatles. I just never got it. I never cared for them. But I listened to your show on the Beatles versus the Stones, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go check them out. So I listened to the White Album for the first time, and I was blown away. So you guys are responsible for introducing at least one person to the Beatles. Now I get to dig into that world and listen to them in a whole new light. Awesome. You guys rock, Donald. So that is great, for- dude. See the Beatles. The Beatles can change the world, man. Music can change the way how you feel. Sure. You know, listen to my brother. Listen to Abbey Road. Listen to that one. That is their best album, in my opinion. People will probably flake me over it. But our brother. Awesome. Please listen to something more of the Beatles because they're a great band. Absolutely. And uh, I sent him some stickers. I was like, hey, man, thanks for listening. Can you if you want to give me your address? You know, I'd be happy to mail you some stickers and echoes. Anybody listening, you want some stickers with our logo on it? We haven't made this offer in a while. Just shoot us an email. You don't, you know, no obligation. You don't have to do anything. Just let us know and we'll we'll shoot you an email. We'd love it if you take a picture of the sticker somewhere and send it to us and let us know. But hey, we still we still love handing out our merchandise. Okay. I got some <laughs> some feedback from the Kate Bush fans. Yay. And Love it. Yeah. And uh, I, I lay in I, bed at night and I say, I can't wait to hear new hate mail from the Kate Bush fans. They are really the most miserable, insufferable, complaining people. They can't get over the fact that we say, okay, she's influential, but we don't like her. And that's not enough. Unreal. All right. So I love I, that we I, hate it. I love that we hate it personally. I always have. And yeah, I said we just you know we just read that email from Jimmy who said he doesn't like them, and Jackie from uh, Seattle sent us a picture of Kate Bush with the red circle with the yeah, line through it. That was great. So here's Greg D018 on YouTube. Cult following my ass. Her album and Doc knocked Madonna's like a virgin out of the number one on the UK charts. Arguably, the run of female-led bands and songwriters of the '80s: Cindy Lauper, The Go Go's, Annie Lennox, all of them their creative freedom and in many cases their record deals to kate bush who at 19 steamrolled studio executives and forced them to release wuthering heights as her debut single proving that her style and her intuition were profitable for studio stuff shirts even though they didn't personally understand the appeal there's so much more she tasked her engineers on the 1979 tour to design a wireless headset which didn't exist yet so she could actually do choreographed dance numbers while on tour she put on an industry-changing multimedia dancing show that was the basis for all these acts like Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, and Beyonce. Okay. All right. Thanks for it's, it's listening. Thought, right. I, that was a well-thought-out argument. Cool. Cool. Um, I wonder if these people are actually listening to our episodes or just watching our YouTube clip about just, you know, or, or just judging us by our Kate yeah. Bush thing. I don't know. It's that. And this part and he did say he did end with her music doesn't do it for everybody, but there's no question she deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She should have been in 20 years ago. And we both said yes, she should be in. But we don't fucking like her. And that's what they they're everybody's up in arms about is because Bruce Kramer and Ryan McCusker don't like Kate Bush. Let's fucking burn shit down. So all right, well, let's let's get to the the burning. Uh, Todd ten forty five. Stranger Things, witches, do your homework. 
You two actually did a show where you said, does Rush suck? You have no credibility. Okay. I never said I did. Right. Leslie Turner, 8276. No commercial success for fuck's sake. There's more to planet Earth than North America. She had huge commercial success outside of North America. This is just typical of your Americans who live in a bubble and are completely unaware of the rest of the world. Oh, dear. You two are so sad. So I wrote her back and I said, cool. Answer me two questions. One, in what country is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And two, do you think Fila Kuti should have gotten in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since he was an American? And she never responded. So Because she's an asshole, man. Right. Right. Uh, Lady Gigi Smith, 3261. I think this person responded to us, too. This was all capital letters. Kate Bush is amazing. I voted for her. I love her. You don't get her. Then that sucks for you. You two don't know anything about music at all. Steve R7732. You two are a pair of dicks. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. And then love it. Hataki Hataki Romina. This was my favorite. I mean, you can have a different opinion, but you two are just totally disrespectful. You don't even try to understand the music. This is art. It's not as easy as something mainstream, which I guess it's what you're used to. I shouldn't be surprised hearing these kind of comments in this time. Hatred to the unknown and the different. That should be the title of your video. You two should be flagged for hate speech. Enough. Wow. So that now we're hate speech. Egg of the week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Get the fuck out of here, hate speech. You snowflake triggered by that somebody doesn't like the music that you like. No. I, I, got, I, think that per, I think I told that person to go fuck off on YouTube, too. I don't know. Everybody can have their own opinion. But we're the ones that have a show. Right. My opinion is that person is the second shitbag of the week with Motley Crue. So, <laughs> but hey, uh, thanks for listening, pal. Right. So, all right. Music news, man. Just So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the nominees are out. Kate Bush is in. Kate Bush, Sheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie, Rage, The Spinners, DJ Cool Herc, Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, Bernie Talpin, and Don Cornelius. I was really upset Cindy Lauper didn't get in. I was surprised she didn't either. And I I was like, really? Shaka Khan's getting in the. Yeah, I saw it. I was okay. I'm like, I just, whatever. I just cu- yeah, I just copy and pasted the list. It can't be as an artist. It's got to be like the special, special nominees or something like that. Yeah, but whatever, whatever they want to put in their museum, they could do. Because it's in America, baby. And we and we're and what are us Yanks? What we do is what we do. There's two types of countries in the world. Those who use the metric system and those who've landed on the fucking moon. Bam. There you go. All right, man. Uh, I got a couple other like small things. Dolly Parton announced that her first ever rock album is coming out November 17th. Oh, wow. Because she got in the rock and roll. Thing. Yeah, yeah, first she was nice. like, she was like, I'm not a rock and roll star. And then she got in and she was like, OK, I'm going to make a rock album. Anybody Check out- on it? Yeah. So that was what I so there's um, 30 songs, nine originals and 21 covers. Some of the collaborations include McCartney and Ringo, Elton John, Stevie Nicks, Miley Cyrus, and Kid Rock. Uh-huh. I, I'm curious to hear it. Um, you know, how I'll, you I'll check put, it out. How, I hope Kid Rock is on the same track with Ringo and Paul. <laughs> and, <laughs> That'd be will, awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. MTV News show and a shocking announcement. MTV News was canceled on May 9th, 2023. 
And when I say shocking, I mean, everyone was shocked to hear that MTV News was still around. Yeah, where, what the fuck was it on? It was on MTV. It was still, it was like online. And and so, you know, MTV News started on in 1987 as The Week in Rock. Remember The Week in Rock? Oh, yeah. I love that shit. And then it became MTV. Yeah, right. And those of us who grew up in the 90s, we got our music news from Kurt Loder, Loder and Tabitha Soren. Tabitha. Yeah, that's where that's where we learned about Kurt Cobain's suicide and yep. everything else. I just saw like a I just saw a podcast that was in it might have been the Rolling Stone podcast that was interviewing those two talking about MTV News and the influence that they had. But, oh, uh, I would love to hear Kurt Loder talk about how MTV. Uh, how can I say this, guys? I'm sorry. How MTV like brushed what was cool and what was not cool. Yeah. Like I'll they, see if I can find it, dude. I'll send yeah, it to you. I don't know. No, don't, you're right, dude. Cause they no, they told they told us they they were the the compass in pointing us in the direction of cool. Yeah, and, and if it wasn't on MTV or anything to do, it w- it wasn't cool. Sure. Absolutely, man. Those guys, the people that made those decisions of what videos got played and everything they had a huge influence on shaping music because again so much of this stuff that we talk about we talk about the videos and everything yeah it was a huge culture thing i miss mtv i miss the weekend rock i miss the mtv movie show you know music's just a different thing now i think i don't know what to think is rock and roll dead Largely, I mean, we did a whole show. We said, you know, well, we did a whole show on that. Yeah, and I'm um, questioning it. You know what, dude? I like, I don't listen to a lot of like contemporary rock and roll, but I listen to a lot of like modern country music. And when I was sitting in my backyard and I got the, the remote out and I'm on YouTube and I'm putting shit on my TV to watch, and I was just putting in like country songs that I like, and almost every one of them, there's a music video too. Like the country, yeah. the country music industry still makes music videos. I, you know, I, I don't know who's watching them unless they're I just think on there's YouTube. a lot of people because that's all people are looking at their phones and shit. I think that's a, a main product. And maybe I just I don't go looking for modern since I don't listen to a lot of like modern rock and roll. I don't go looking for if they are still making videos. Mm, interesting. I know Metallica has a bunch of new videos out, but I'm not going to watch them. And. My last story that I had was you were talking about Taylor Swift playing. Um, oh, dude! Oh, South Philadelphia was Taylor Swift world. I felt I felt so bad, dude. My six year old niece is a big Swifty, and uh, my sister got her tickets, and my my niece got sick and they couldn't go, and she was just heartbroken. But I was reading about Taylor Swift, and I don't even know how contemporary this is, but so she is re-recording her catalog. So check this shit out. So, you know, music, the music industry is filled of artists who sign bad, bad contracts, right? So she signed her first record deal when she was 15 and her record label owned all the master tapes for her albums, her first several, her first like six albums. And when her contract came up in like 2018 with an independent label, she went to him and said like, Hey man, I want to buy all these masters. And the record label was like, eh, we're not going to sell them to you. Tell you what, for every new album you put out with us, we'll give you the rights to one of the old albums. And she was like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. So then this label turned around 
and sold. She had a big falling out with her manager, and a record label sold the rights of these albums to her. Ma- the manager she had the falling out with. Oh, so wow. she got all. So she got all pissed off, and she went to Universal. And so now she's going back, and like she doesn't own the right. She doesn't own the masters, but she owns the rights to allow people to do covers of it. So she's using that as a loophole to re-record her own albums and re-release them. Then she oh, owns wow. the, the she owns the rights to them. And they said every one of these albums, she's calling them like the Taylor version. Yeah, whatever. Her album Red. And she'll come out Red, Taylor's version. And she'll put like one more song on it. And it's to even sell bigger. Records. Right. And it's even yeah. bigger than the original one. And all the money goes to her. I'm like, dude, that's brilliant. You know who did that with Sharon and Ozzy. Did they? They re-recorded all their stuff. Re-recorded all his like his original eighty stuff, so he didn't have to pay any back like uh, back royalties. He Zach Wild and Rob uh, from Metallica was went back and played on Diary of a Madman, played on all these different records because he didn't Ozzy didn't want to pay any more royalties to anybody. So they re-recorded everything with Ozzy's original vocals. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. All right, cool. So then we make a little YouTube clip out of this. It'll be what Taylor Swift learned from Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> That's cool. I dig that. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy did. He went and re-recorded everything except his vocals, and they kept the vocals, and they put all new musicians on it. So huh. they didn't have to pay the, the royalties that they people signed on to. I don't know. Sharon is Satan. Sharon is Satan. Taylor Swift just seems like the kind of person that um, we talked before, like she was trying to just kind of control a lot of part of her, like the business side of her, of her image and stuff like that. Like trying to, I don't know, buy a t-shirt company so she can control the, you know, she's like, if the the quality of the t-shirts suck, then at least I have a say in controlling it and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of her music, but I I respect and appreciate what she's doing. She seems like she's smart. I don't know. Yeah. I heard her for three nights in a row. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And she's from Philadelphia, too. Right. Or she's from the this area. Is she? I I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think I think so. I didn't get any Swifties in the bar. I was disappointed. I was hoping like a bunch of milfs were going to come in. I was working. Nope. No milfies. No Swifties. She's from like Reading, so she's it's kind of local. That's cool, cool enough. Hour and a half from us, so yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't right. dislike her. You know, whatever. Yeah, we're like we're not, you know, yeah. forty six, forty seven year old dudes. We're not the target demographic for Taylor Swift. So, yes, she yeah. does not care about us. No. All right, uh, the electric chair. Do you got a song? I do. Do you have one? I do. We'll go for you. Okay. Do you remember a couple of years ago on like Dr. Phil, there was this 13 year old girl who was like, she was all like mal. She's like, cash me outside. How about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. She has a fucking, she's like an artist now. Yeah. And has, she's also on like OnlyFans and this, I, if I, I'm going to make myself annoyed, I'm going to look up what her, uh, she now is a rap artist as bad baby. Oh God. I'm going to look up her net worth. She's worth $25 million now. Oh, my and God. God bless I'm America. Just, 
I'm just going to kill one of her. When Jerry Springer died, she better fucking gave him flowers. God, Ronnie. This is a song called High Bitch. White horse. High bitch. High bitch. High bitch. High bitch. I do not sniff it to roll it. It do not drip when I pull it. I do not run, I reload it. This is awful. I it, I throw it. White J's. Oh my god, I feel so bad for her. <laughs> She's gonna die in some hotel room somewhere. Please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop. Please stop is right. Alright, let's go. We sentence you to death. I don't even know how I came across that dude. It was like, I don't know, I think I was watching something on YouTube and it showed up about her or some some article talking about her OnlyFans or I don't know. I read an article a year ago how they're grooming her to do porn. Like oh, that's what the I that's what the article said. It was like she was trashing people. She's like, it was creepy that these like old dudes are like following me on OnlyFans. It's like, but you're the one who makes a decision to be on OnlyFans and you're taking all the money. Like, I agree. Like you're you're like my daughter's age. That's just like, that's gross. I don't, I don't even but know what you're talking about. Whatever. OnlyFans is like, like she could go be naked or, and it's like a pay site. Like, so she could go take her clothes off or, or I guess she can like masturbate on TV and people would pay whatever to go watch. I don't I'm going to do this I, right at no, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. That's how we make all the money. That's how we bought all this equipment. Maybe our fans will do that for us. So <laughs> right, we'll, right. We'll do it, you know? Right. We can get into we'll that the, business. We'll get the warden on OnlyFans. Yes, we'll pimp him out. I guess she does that. So she's kind of doing like softcore pornography already. And it's well, just... What a world. Yeah, this, the, right. This girl's just a train wreck. She got famous off of one stupid thing on Dr. Phil. And now she's got Catch me outside, all these, man. right? And all these songs that have over a hundred million oh, plays. Doctor Phil, I thought she was on Jerry Springer. That's why right. I said no, that's yeah. wrong. Wrong dumpster. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and the music is awful, dude. Just that hip, that modern hip hop with all the auto tune and the shitty beat, the computer. Beats I don't even and, know why people would even listen to that. But hey. She's no got, redeeming quality at all. What is she, what's her net worth? Like 25 million bucks. Jesus Christ. What, she could just chill for the rest of her life. Right. Go invest that in a mutual fund and live off the, uh, the interest. Yeah. Yeah. The interest. Right. Right. I have zero interest in listening to her anymore. The word just left my. Well, we all got a little uh, dumber listening to that song. <laughs> right. So. All right, man. So I think that'll do it for episode 64. Thanks for joining us as we talked about hair metal music. If you want to hear more of all this awesome music and support the artist that made it, Ryan put together a Spotify playlist for the episode. There's a link to it in the show notes. And while you're in the show notes, you can find links to our website and our email address and our social media pages and a map to McCusker's Tavern in case you're ever in town and you want to stop by. So that's it, man. I guess uh, we're going to circle up. I think we know what we're doing next, right? We're going to do the we're going to do the jazz episode next. I hope so. I came up with all a right, good list. Let's do it, man. All right, we're going to tackle the yeah. jazz. Get ready, been baby. Our, We've been talking about been, this one for about a year now. It's been on there for a while. And it's like, let's find a time where we've uh, where we can really tackle this. So, yeah, now, I'm, I got, uh, now that I'm injured foot and I'm around, I, I got no, nothing going on. I'm going to deep jump deep into the pool of jazz. 
I'm ready, dude. Let's do it. I haven't listened to jazz regularly, probably since I was in college and I took a class on it. So I'm ready to jump back in and, and get after it. So. Yeah. Well, until then, my friend. Yes. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a prisoner. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.